streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. What the hell? Okay, I'm just going to ask you one question. Do you know how a firearm works? What? The key word in firearm is fire. When the pin hits the cap, makes the charge explode, meaning there's a spark, which should be of some concern to a man soaked in gasoline. Yeah, that's bullshit. That spark's so far away from the gasoline. You didn't finish school, did you, Mr. Dean? It's not the liquid that burns. It's the fumes. Now, look, normally I would have just shot you myself the second you pulled, but I am doing my level best to avoid the paperwork and the self-recrimination that comes with it. The Lord knows you're the kind that makes it worth it and more. Come on, Jimmy. Can we just try to end this without you turning yourself into the human torch? You know my name. Do you know what I got in that trunk? How about I just kill her? Gasoline aside, you aim that in any direction, my partner's going to pop you in the head. There you go. Hey. Slow. Slow. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Groupathon Split Studio Edition, Episode 2. I am Tony C., and as always, I am joined live, though not at the hip, but certainly in the heart, by the master of production and engineering to make sure that our group remains satiny smooth. A man in the paper long before it was considered fashionable, Federico Padre. Los Georges. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got to stop doing the uh, the Elvis thing in the morning. I just I don't know what to say. I'm not used to uh, to such uh, gracious intros uh, all the time in my radio career. You have earned every bit of them. Of course, every groupathon spreads far and wide from an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. How you doing, Paolo? Mine. I'm doing great. You sound, uh, you know, I told you right before the show during the sound check, when you called back, you sounded um, bigger. You know, I don't know. <laughs> There's just a little bit more, uh, more, more bottom in your voice this time around. I don't know. I think we got a good turning, connection. Turning it up and turning it out. Yeah. I feel like that, <laughs> that baritone going. I've nice, got to uh, do it all day. Nice and gravelly, just how I like it. Unbelievable. Yo. Brutally hot down here. Just ridiculous. Uh, we're not going to complain because you, you see the weather everywhere else. There's I like know. this. There's like this force field in Florida saying, you know, we'll take the heat, but you can have these uh, storms and tornadoes and blizzards. Bli- I know. I'm watching that up in New York. All of a sudden, and you know, I I talked about this in the last show. I mean, what happens when a real natural disaster hits, like it just did? And they're talking about like millions yeah. of people being without power now. So you're stuck at home and you have no power. Like those people are just about that's that's just that's just not fair. That's just that's just not nice. Straight that's just straight up mean. With all due respect to the big guy, I'm just saying, man. You know, I I don't I don't know. That's that's more than than anybody should have to handle. I'll tell you. You know, last week was Pesach, 
and I'm on the phone with my uh, with my mom. And it's weird what happens when you're cooped up inside for any period of time. You know, your mind can start going to weird areas. I'm talking with my mom, and I was like, <laughs> well, happy Passover. And she was telling me that she had tried the night before on, I guess it was Wednesday night, it was the first night, that she had done one of these, you know, like a Seder online, you know, with Zoom or whatever. And she's like, ridiculous. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to bother doing it. You know, again, did I it's teach a you? Virtual, this? virtual Seder. I love it. That's the first thing. Exactly. Why? Why on this night do we use Zoom as opposed Manishtana to all Zoom? Manastana halal hazoom. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I was telling her. I said, "Well, you know, you know, it is what it is. I'm sorry you're all cooped up there." I said, "Thank God, you know, I'm down here. I'd, I'd hate to be cooped up in an apartment." She goes, "Well." You know, good. You know, good on you. I, you know, I understand. She goes, "Oh, by the way, before I get off the phone, I just want you to know that I'm going to be okay. I just got my delivery from Zabar's. It's, don't worry about it. It's none of the stuff that you like. It's just the, you know, the the uh, matzo ball soup and the white fish salad." And she's like, "Yeah, and I yeah, got you know half a pound you like. of the sliced the sliced snow." And I was like, "Mom, I say this to you with with love in my heart, but you are a bitch. <laughs> I am." <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! So I'm going to send her a picture of me in the backyard with the mangoes, just to punish her a little bit. I got, I got to, I got to do something. I can't, I can't let her. Yeah, get you're going to get that. revenge. Oh please! This is it. This is this is um, this is what I'm left with. You know, arts and crafts at home, making masks out of. You know, I've, I've been online with like on YouTube how to make a uh, how to make a mask. How to make a mask? Yeah, yeah. no, there's so many mask recipes. I got a classy one. Did I show you last week? My black mask? I got like a ninja mask. You've got one of those? I, I made yeah. one out of like an old t-shirt that was tie-dyed. I, I'm, I'm delving nice. back into my hippiedom. That's that's my thing now. No, man. I got a classy one with the filter insert and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They, that's I, high end, baby. I get in the VIP line at Publix with this. Some... <laughs> So yeah, I'm I, roughing some people up, so I'm roughing up some riffraff that's trying to walk in with their exposed faces like a bunch of barbarians. I'll tell you yeah. something. Everybody looks sexy with a mask on, though, huh? They, you know? uh, yeah, much sad. much less ugly, if that's what you mean. Much less ugly. I do. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking at your, I'm looking at your beautiful punum right now. Uh, that punum right now. It is gorgeous. Uh, Obviously, we have got... A lot to get to today. So let's get to it, such as, let me see, uh, Biden puts plastic covers on his vice presidential casting couch after Bernie takes a powder. Hazmat suited hairdressers making house calls start billing out hourly rates like the partners from Scad Narps. <laughs> the, the Fed channels the spirit of Michael Milken by trying to convince Wall Street that junk bonds are a good investment again. We'll delve into all things COVID-19, including what happens when an entire generation decides that patience is no longer a virtue. Also, I'll try to wax a 10-cent Roosevelt remix with my latest mashup of Brother Can You Spare an Antibody with Does Antibody Really Know What Time It Is? Oh! Oh! Plus, Tom Arnold offers up some relationship advice as well as a backhanded silver lining to the coronavirus cruising the I-10 corridor. And in a little while, I'll introduce my plan to try and walk it like I talk it as best I can in these circumstances 
with something I'm putting together called mangoes for medics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Needless to say, all of that is going to be engulfed in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. It is just past two o'clock in the only Hollywood that really matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood. Florida, that is. We're Florida men. Florida men. I mean, it's just past 8 a.m. on the big island. Aloha to my Kauohana, which uh, now is sadly one fewer than when we did our last show. So a special just past 11 a.m. in Cottonwood, Arizona, where I am sending a big old howdy and hang in there to Kathy G. Just past 6 at night in Dublin, the Lytham St. Anne. Just past 7 at night in Spain and Italy and the rest of Western Europe. And just past 8 p.m. in Istanbul, now on a dusk-to-dawn curfew where my gal RCG is hunkered in a bunker. Full of groove. Yo, Gramps Master Flash, you ready to provide some PPE for the soul? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then grab a mask and saddle up, y'all. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
give you some uh, relationship advice because, as you know, that's my area of expertise. <laughs> right? I mean, Dr. Phil is great, but the man has been married to the same woman for 30 years happily. What does he know? I got four rings. My first mistake was in my other marriages, I always had a, if you build it, they will come attitude. You know, because I had a house, and then I brought a wife in, and I thought eventually they would like me, which could lead to love. But it's better if they like you before you get married. I figured that out, too. It's, it's a little advice there, something you should probably know. Now, my first marriage, I think that was like Vietnam a little bit. There were no winners. I got out of there in a helicopter in a hail of gunfire. <laughs> Second marriage was like the first Gulf War. It was 48 hours, great TV, in and out, you know what I mean? My third marriage is like the current Gulf War. It will not end. She is still suing me for my life insurance. You know how you get paid for somebody's life insurance? I don't think she has my best interests in mind, you know what I mean? We say stupid things, but no real man would ever intentionally hurt a woman's feelings. Now, we do sometimes. 
I'll give you an example. I was sitting next to my ex-wife. She was getting makeup on, and I heard the makeup artist say she'd gotten a facelift. And I said to my ex-wife, my ex-wife wanted one. And I said, no, you're not getting a facelift. Obviously, I don't care what you look like. I married you the way you are. (laughs) And the next thing I know, I got bloody scratch marks down the side of my face. And after we wrestled at Judd Apatow's grandma's front yard, it became clear to me as she explained it. See, what I meant was, I love you unconditionally. But what she heard was what I said.
in show business, too. Yeah, he's got in show business, too. I don't know. He's, he's probably asking, you know, our president the same question. My life would thrill, kill, cult, Lucifer's flowers from a crime for all seasons. That came out uh, back in 97. You had Buzz McCoy and uh, Groovy Man and the rest of those guys. They were on uh, was it Invisible Records out of Chicago. I remember them. The various members from that band were part of uh, Pig Face which was, uh, that was an interesting band. They had a great album out, uh, A New High and Low, which I always thought was good. Before that, Lil LaVere and the fabulous Jade's Cold Heat. That is the uh, 45 from 1967. Uh, those guys out of California. That's actually the B-side to a, a 45 they did called I'll Be So Happy. Uh, there's some uh, interesting colla- uh, collections of stuff from back in those days, and that's part of one of them. Before that, Timothy Wisdom, and the Funk Hunters, Dynamite. <laughs> this came out in 2013. Those guys, uh, the Funk Hunters, are uh, from Canada. They're basically, it's like these two guys, like uh, Nick Middleton and uh, sort of guy Duncan Smith. Basically, they're just, you know, one of these guys. They're like the guys that, uh, that Henry Rollins was talking about. He's like, you know, you're nothing but a record player player. <laughs> That's what these guys are. But they, they, uh, they, they do stuff, it's like a live audio-visual show, and they do it simultaneously from four turntables and two mixers, and they have a whole light show and shit, so it's pretty cool, you know. It's, it's, whatever, they're, they're putting some cool stuff together out of Canada. Before that, Gerard Way, remember Hazy Shade of Winter, I was telling you that I had uh, stumbled across you know a whole bunch of different versions. That one, of course, is featuring Ray Toro. Um, those guys were uh, part of uh, the band My Chemical Romance. Um, they put out that particular version of uh, Hazy Shade of Winter uh, last year, back in 2019. Surrounding that, a couple of clips from the Tom Arnold stand-up special from, uh, I guess, maybe 10 years ago. It's called That's My Story, and I'm sticking to it. And uh, very funny stuff. I got a little more from him later on, but I uh, I like his marriage advice. He's like, you know, Dr. Phil, the guy's been married to the same woman for 30 years. What does he know? He's like, I got four rings, baby. <laughs> you know? So he's, he's got that part right before that prodigy. I saw you bopping. I saw yes. You bopping. Yes, I was nodding in affirmative. Oh, That's yeah, right. man. It was great. Although, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand these people that get married more than once. <laughs> I, I, honestly. Remember that, I, Skittles, remember that Skittles commercial where the guy drops his Skittles into the vat, into the barrel of acid, and he reaches in, and he reaches out, and his arm is gone? Did you ever that's, remember that's, that? That's what marriage is like. Yeah. No. You 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 never saw that commercial? No, I don't okay. recall that the, one. Because the, the pro- they all have a punchline. The premise is: yeah. he reaches in for the he drops his skittles in the vat of acid and he reaches in after it and he pulls back and his arm is gone. And he looks yeah. at the vat of acid and he looks at his other arm and you see him before they cut to the to the announcer. You see him start to reach in with the other his arm other- because <laughs> it's a skittle. You see. <laughs> That's how delicious they are, and that you know, it cuts to the skittles, you know, like that. Yeah. But guys that get married more than once remind me of the skittles guy. That's like, that was- how many? <laughs> it's <laughs> not worth. It's a vat of acid, buddy. <laughs> All right, yeah, let it go. That was Sam Kinison's one of Sam yeah. Kinison's lines mm-hmm. because you want to know how stupid I am? I got married twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how did you possibly think it was going to end? <laughs> well, kicking off the set, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't gotten around to this one sooner. The Black Crows, Remedy. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have a non... My theme today is non-COVID-19 related, but there's a uh, theme. 
Okay. I didn't even spot the theme. I just love the set. I was just going to lay it on you that way. So now you can now you can think well, about it while it, it plays. Now you can think about it while it plays. But well, go on. Those yeah. uh, show songs. It's uh, going out to uh, my boy Joe Zepp, uh, a little further up in Florida. Uh, he's a couple hours north of here. He's frontline guy. He does a uh, medical like image testing and stuff. So he's in there, you know, dealing with what he's got to deal with. And he was uh, doing some Zeppelin stuff and one thing led to another. And I was like, oh, here's a song that we should be getting around to playing. So there you go. Hang in here, Joe Zepp. So. Yeah. What? Anything new going on? What Anything caught exciting? my eye recently? Well, here's the funniest thing, because every time I think about sports, I think about you. And there's no professional sports for a while now. Okay, that's that's just going to be the the way it goes. And there are various commercials, but uh, you know the the headline I saw was despite Trump's optimism, lack of sports could extend into fall. This would be interesting because you're basically they've just canceled all four seasons. Forget about people who had made bets on the season itself and stuff like that. You got you got to ask yourself what you know what's the uh, you know what's the 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 I don't know the the decorum for that. You know, once right. um, you know, once it's determined that the bet is no longer valid, do you simply get your money back? I don't know. See how that goes. Uh, but I thought it was funny because um, now, unlike all the sports networks, it's basically this this unending series of reruns of classic games or a game that took place, you know, on. April, whatever it is, was today, the, the 13th, you know, so they'll show, you know, a Marlins game from last year on April the 13th or whatever it is. But the other thing you're showing, I swear to God, I couldn't believe it. But now this is on in regular rotation. It's video. The NBA, you know, 2K hmm. video championships. It's like video basketball, which you would play at home. Except they're showing that now. That's what's on the sports networks. It's the video version, you know, of of sports. I I'm amazed that people could watch something like that. I just think that's incredible. These these video championships and they're showing them from from like all kinds of video games. This is now the new thing. It's like some sort of I don't know. It's just very strange. I I tried watching it. I lasted 30 seconds. I was like, I don't enjoy playing it, let alone watching it. So. I don't know. I, I I thought that was one of the more bizarre things. Some of the funnier headlines I, re- I read, Italian cities are playing Nickelback in the streets to deter citizens from going outside. Poor poor Nickelback. I mean, <laughs> they aren't they aren't that bad. I mean, it's not like they're Huey Lewis in the news to be the butt <laughs> hey, of all these jokes. Hey, you know, back yeah. in their day, I don't you know, I, I I was sure Huey Lewis in the news were government subsidized. <laughs> like they would come on with like, why are they here? Why? What, why, why is this on my radio? The headline I recently saw on some sites somewhere says Yoko Ono walks through the streets of New York singing as her way of helping the city quarantine. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that I can believe. That's, yeah, that, I have no problem believing that. I've heard her. There are. I don't even know. You know, in the the Brian Williams uh, world of television news, he is now basically gotten to uh his his tagline every night like he'll he'll show bits and pieces of the trump news conference you know earlier in the day and he'll show little clips and then when he's finished he'll go back in the real world 
after after all the Trump stuff. That's his new tagline for every mm-hmm. time Trump Trump speaks. So we're I'm loving Brian Williams these days. I thought this was interesting. I noticed that one of the movies that's now in rotation on I think Showtime. It's a movie that came out last year. You know what it's called? I swear to God, this is the title of the movie. Five feet apart. Oh, yeah, any minute now. About the but, two cystic yeah. fibrosis patients or whatever. Sure. I was like, man, so close. Ooh. I know. Well, no, oh, you they, almost had it. Yeah, they're going to get a fine. They're going to have to pay that $1,000 fine <laughs> for, <laughs> for only being five feet apart there. <laughs> I just, every time I see that pop up, I just think to myself, really? This is the movie. Did you, did you, some of the stuff that, that I see playing in rotation, I'm like, really? Do you think this is the best time to play such and such a thing? There was, uh, I thought, I thought this was interesting. I don't know if, if you caught this headline. There was, uh, you know, Chernobyl, uh, since, you know, this thing happened, since the, the fallout thing happened, the nuclear reactor. Basically, like, there's like a thousand mile, you know, radius around it that is, considered off limits and over the years it's basically the forest has grown in it's been overgrown well there were a couple of forest fires there recently and they had to send in people to try and fight these forest fires and apparently they discovered that the radiation levels are five times what they were you know several years ago like oops you know they decided to they just decided to take a look at that oh well you know hey maybe it'll help with the COVID-19 you would I, I, I Hey, listen, if you told Trump that high levels of radiation helped with COVID-19, right, that's you know, how we got to he'd, run, yeah, he'd run out there telling people to stop using sunblock. Well, I don't know if you saw this. I just caught this headline that Trump retweets call to fire Anthony Fauci. Yes. After the coronavirus expert says earlier measures could have saved lives. What took them so long? That's what I have to say. I brought this up on the last show about how yeah. people were, you know, they were they were all these these right wing fucking idiots, and these these people out there. It's like anything negative about Trump. If you say anything negative about Trump, and this is, <clears throat> I have said this over and over. I've been saying it for a while, and now it has really kind of come to light that. It's the Republicans who are to blame for this. And the Republicans are to blame because they have spent years and years and years and years courting these, you know, the the uh, the, the fringe groups. Yes, these, the wingnuts. Yeah. The Alex all of Jones. single issue voter groups. All of these, you know, they were, you know, the, 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 the groups that what's-her-name was talking about. And on and on and on. And now what you've got are G- – are all these Republicans who have relied on these completely Looney Tune groups of scary people, okay, in order to win elections and in order to keep gerrymandered districts. Well, now they're afraid to say anything, anything mm-hmm. that is anti-Trump because he all of a sudden they all turn against it. You know, they'll 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 be set upon by those who at one point supported them, all right? Or they, yeah. They're afraid, okay, of provoking the ire of the people they count on to be elected if they speak truth to power yeah, yeah, in yeah. even the slightest way. And this is, this is a perfect example of it. You've got an expert 
telling us the way it is. And now the president of the United States was put him up there. When have they ever cared Yeah, about the way it is? Yeah, yeah. That's, like I said, it is always better to look good than to feel good. <laughs> you know? He's turned the Oval Office into Fernando's hideaway. That's what it is. He's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit how shit is. He just cares how it looks. And he doesn't even care how it looks to sane people. He only care how it, cares how it looks to, you know, these fringe groups. Marginalized. That was the term Megyn Kelly used. Yeah. They're marginalized. These are marginalized groups. Not, not enough. Marginalized. Not, yeah, yeah. They're they're still on the margin. We, they, they need to be further yeah, pushed off the fucking page. Yeah. They're marginalized for a reason. You stupid cunt. I, I wrote this down. I said, "What happens when the faith when the faith industry fails?" What happens <laughs> again? To what do you mean? Like brutally? Have you you seen these people that were like, "We're." We're not going. We don't. We don't care they, about they don't social care. distancing, you know, because we've got God. I'll, I'll I'll tell you some stories off the air. I don't want to bore the audience with it. Uh, there are two major religions that were born out of, uh, you know, charismatic individual leaders that were wrong, that only were ever wrong, and you know what happened? They just grew. You know, that's because they don't care. They don't. I I. Some of the, you know, I, I, somebody said, you realize that God can hear you praying no matter where you are, right? You don't have to be at church in order to praise God. <laughs> I thought, you know, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I, I, Heathen. I just, Heathen. I really, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, 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 I you have to question that kind of that that kind of thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I said this last week. I said, you know, what's going to be a problem? Wait, wait till people start using the First Amendment, okay, to endanger the lives of everybody else because they need to praise God. It's been going on since the beginning of time. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, it's just the newest way of putting everybody else in danger because you think, you know, this is the only way to do it. Just so we're clear on this, you realize that. God invented everything, and that includes science. No, <laughs> so no I'm just saying. You're going to have to get on board my my new. This is the the new conversation or the the way of talking. You know, moving forward, and this is this is leading into what will uh, eventually become known as the reality wars. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, we're and, and, there. and the we're church, there. the church of the obvious, etc., and so forth. But start getting used to this. I don't have to take you at your word that you believe what you say you believe. Okay. So when you say that you have faith, that's all fine and good. But I don't have to take you at your word that right. you have faith. And we're not going to proceed as if. I'm not taking it as a given that you have faith. Well, you have to respect my faith. No, I don't, because I don't believe necessarily. You may or may not have any faith. You may or may right. not just being a dick. You may be an asshole. You know, <laughs> right? You know, watch, right. watch. I'm a Muslim. No, I'm not. <laughs> See how easy that was? You, anybody can say anything. All right? right. So we're not going to proceed as if, well, I'm a Christian, therefore, well, so you say, but you're I'm a magic genie. Dieting. All right? And you're, you're not going to, it. you're not going to accommodate my, my magic genieism. You're not going to, uh, you, you know, I'm a green Martian and we do it this way. And you're not going to humor that. So I don't have to humor the, uh, the thing you say you are. That I also well, can't see. Yeah, but beyond that, I think it's well, what's what's Looney Tunes is they don't seem to think that 
it is virtuous, it is pious, okay, to respect the health of others. That sounds like, uh, isn't that a direct contradiction? It, these are, I, it, you these know are, what? You're yeah. right. You're right. Don't, you know what? This, this is, it's rote. We, we don't right. even have to talk about it. You're right. They don't care. It's it's just, I, I can yeah. move on to something else. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's insane. Let's then, because I can't wait to get to more groove, because you know the next set I'm really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bernie's out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was bound to happen, too. But I'm surprised to no one. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you something. As always, immediately, some of his supporters, they're still, you know, right off the bat. It was stolen. They're thinking about voting for third-party candidate. I said, you, here's, here's what. You ready for this? Yeah, You'll love this. Yeah. I, I, I read this somewhere. It says, uh, it's from uh, this guy named Dave Sedaris in The New Yorker. He said, to put them in perspective, I think of being on an airplane. The stewardess comes down the aisle with her food cart and asks me, can I interest you in the chicken? Or would you prefer the platter of shit with broken, gla- broken bits right, of glass right, in it? Yeah. To be hmm. undecided in this election is to pause for a moment and then ask how the chicken is cooked. Right. Is it <laughs> – you know, is it GMO chicken? Right, you know, yeah. Is it public screen wise? Somebody else wrote, but this is the one I thought that really nails it. Somebody wrote that Biden haters thinking about voting for a third party candidate should remember that they're not voting for Biden. They're voting for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. Right. There you go. Okay, please, that's oh, what please. Republicans did. No, that's we can't afford any tantrums. About. That is all they cared about. Right. By the way, I heard that the uh, that the Republicans, specifically the teabaggers, engineered the COVID nineteen virus in a laboratory to oh, yeah. uh, to force everybody to stop going to primaries and make uh, Joe Biden the foregone conclusion. You know, that's the rumor that oh, yeah. I just started. I'll, I'll tell you something. You, you know, I'm not even. I, I really didn't put down any notes about uh, the, the obvious uh, voter suppression uh, mechanisms that are going to be coming into play between now and November, you know, and, oh, yeah. uh, and the hypocrisy is, is interesting because it's, it's so blatant. I, I look at it like I remember seeing this, this video of some girl uh, waiting to, to, for the Rolling Stones to, to, to fly in or whatever, and she was being interviewed, and the, the lady, you know, the, the interviewer goes, which, which Rolling Stone is your favorite? She goes, Keith Richards. He's so ugly, he's appealing. Mm. Yeah, right? no, he's, That's a, like, he's, he's at, a work of art. The reaction to the hypocrisy. It's so hypocritical that I believe, you know, it's, it's so blatantly, hypo- it's such blatant hypocrisy that I believe it to be genuinely real. You know? Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just, you know, why not put everybody at risk? Well, if we – it may really on, – on the one hand, I think to myself, well, if, if voter turnout is suppressed everywhere, I, I, I don't know. I just, this is, this is going to be the new battle. It's going to be a, a big, big battle that's being waged. Um, you know, the Supreme Court is actually now going – they were originally not going to to do uh, rulings on uh, <clears throat> some of the cases that are before it, but I believe they are now. They're they're gonna you know all get together, you know, remotely, and and issue the rulings as if they were were actually in court. One of the uh, issues, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, you know the uh, the Trump tax returns case. Oh God, yeah. <gasps> 
So that's going to be interesting in the middle of all of this to see what happens. You know? Yes. Yes. I can't wait. A lot of money stuff to talk about. I, I you know, I don't I, – I, I'm looking at stuff and I could get into the weeds, but I'm not mm. going to. All right? Um, I will say this. One of the great quotes was from this guy. Um, his name is Chamath Pahila pa, – pa, whatever. He's the CEO of Social Capital. Okay. Guy, okay. And he was on CNBC and they were talking about, you know, whether or not he thinks that the airline should go bankrupt. You know, the airlines mm-hmm. are being propped up. And he was talking about how the, the bailout is really bailing out companies that had this pandemic not happened. were headed towards the, you know, headed yeah. towards scrappy. Uh-huh. And he says. What we've done is disproportionately prop up poor performing CEOs. You have to wash these people out. And somebody, the, the, the commentator on CNBC goes, are you saying, you know, that we should just, you know, let these, these airlines, you know, various airlines go bankrupt? He goes, why do you think that that is, you know, uh, you know necessarily not a bad thing? He goes, this guy goes, just to be clear on who we're talking about, okay? We're talking about a hedge fund that serves a bunch of billionaire family offices. Who cares? Right. Now they don't get to summer in the Hamptons. Who cares? Right. These are people who purport to be the most sophisticated investors in the world. They lose. They restructure the company. But the employees, they keep their jobs because somebody else buys the company on a cheap. And they have to make sure that the pension fund and their health care are funded. That's mm-hmm. part yeah. of the bankruptcy. So the only people who really take it, you know, you know, get smacked around are the investors. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Sounds great. The people He's that right. own, own things for a living. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck them. I thought what was interesting is he was this guy was talking about the junk bond market. Do you know that Macy's, which is uh, part of the federated department stores, I guess, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, their bonds, you know, the these – all of these stocks that have been issued, they also have bond issues in order to raise capital at any given point in time. Their bonds are now considered junk status. Macy's. Okay. <laughs> Macy's. Okay. And they were a lot of these companies are being described as uh, fallen angels. That was how we call it, fallen angels. And the junk bond ETF, uh, exchange traded funds, which are – small caps on the Russell the Russell market they had literally their best week ever these junk bonds okay if you remember back in the day Michael Milken Boski these guys who all went to prison Michael Milken junk bond king these guys were issuing junk bonds they all went got sent away for insider trading well the Fed stepped in and basically said we're gonna buy a couple hundred billion dollars worth of junk bonds and immediately, the junk bond indexes all skyrocketed, of course, because now they don't have to worry about, you know, their, their value falling to zero anymore. They've been propped up by the Fed. So all of these people who, who invest in that, this index, this fucking number, it's not even a real thing. It's just an index. It's just a number that you and I can't trade on, that 99.9999% of the people on the planet – not only can't trade on, they don't even know what it is. They don't even know it exists. 
They don't know it exists. There's this teeny, 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 tiny portion of people on this on this earth that have the ability to trade and make money in these investment indexes. They're not tied in to a currency. They are not tied in to a company. This isn't about what the value of a company is. The value of the of the shares of this company went from 100 down to $98 a share. They're not. These are indexes that gauge the volatility of conglomerations of various things, interest rates, junk bonds, currencies, small companies, big companies. They're not, they're just fucking numbers. That's all they are. And people are making huge fortunes in these markets, huge fortunes. And you see these huge swings and it's the, it's what's uh, it's called a high frequency trading. These people, they trade in, they make money by trading a million shares in a fraction of a second, a fraction of a fraction of a second, and sell it before the second is up and hope to make money on a fraction of a fraction point move. And they, all of their computers are like really, really, really close to mm. where the, the virtual trading floor is now so that their trades get there just a little bit faster than yours and mine do when we're at home before on Schwab. And they're doing it million. That's why this is happening. And he said that he called this rally because the stock market went up 30% from March 23rd through last Friday. Meanwhile, 16 million people filed for unemployment. Mm -hmm. Those two things happened at the same time. That's how much Wall Street gives a fuck about the rest of the world. They don't care about that. They care about these large companies. And this guy called it a phantom rally because eventually the bill is going to come due. We're literally, we are now further in debt. Is it? We're, we're literally putting what? Another 10 trillion on a cuff again. Raytheon had a good week. The, uh, you know, the military arms company, they had a good week. I don't know why, but if you can afford to ride this out, if you're in a good position financially, you can get tons of stuff on the cheap, not just stocks, you know, and Fortune 500 companies and all this crap. I'm talking about you going to eBay or, or uh, Craigslist. You know, mm-hmm. people are selling stuff for nothing now. Everybody's, you know, dumping stuff off. I mean, it's not quite war profiteering, but Jesus, you know, and and it's debt. This is one of those things that I'm I'm curious about because – you see these ads from car companies. We'll give you your first three months three free, and then we'll defer another three months of payments for highly qualified customers. That's what it always says, for highly qualified customers. And I was curious about this. What is this going to do to credit scores, individual credit scores? Will that be affected? Right. These are computer algorithms that generally don't take into account Okay, what else is going on in the world. They just take a look at payments, payments on time, how many. That's it. You have to wonder how these companies like Experian and Expedia are going to handle that because all these people who have to defer their bills, yeah. now, now they're all going to take a hit on their credit scores. Right. You know? And, of course, there are ads now for Experian like, hey, credit boost. I, I signed up and boosted my credit score 13 points. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's <laughs> a crock of shit. What? By signing up? 
You you boosted yeah. your score by 13 points. Explain that to me. Oh, now I remember. This is the same company that got that that had 500 million files stolen mm-hmm. after it was hacked and had to pay off everybody. These are the same people that get it wrong. Okay, they have yeah. shit on there that doesn't belong on there. You know, it's the gaslighting of America is taking place on every level. Still haven't heard from uh, Comcast yet. What about so your heard, about yeah. your free internet? About, yeah. about just just anything, anything, anything. Pick two free movie channels for the next thirty days. We know you're at home. Pick two for free. So easy, so easy. We're going to give you five premiere movies this month for free. The brand new ones that aren't even on cable yet that you normally have to pay for. Five of them for. Why not? AT and T commercials all over the place. We have been here. And kept you connected for 100 years, and we're going to be here for another 100. Yeah, because we're making you pay. I want to live in your country, Dad. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. This is what really- capitalism is all about, is yeah. n- yeah. not that, what you're talking about. Yeah. But we're, we're discovering right now what happens when you develop a society whose GDP is principally based on consumerism. Okay, it's it's the consumerism that drives more than 25 percent of the economy. Just, you know, not manufacturing shit, and developing shit, just mm-hmm. buying shit and doing shit for other people. The service economy, you know, but I'll tell you what a good idea. Greg Gutfeld, I swear to God, had a very good idea. He said when bars and restaurants start to reopen again, okay, what the government should do is make all of the money that individuals spend. For an entire calendar year, completely and utterly tax deductible. So when you go out to a bar or restaurant, okay, you're basically going to get 25% off, you know, what what you're actually paying because you're going to be able to deduct that off your taxes. That'll encourage people to go out more, spend more money. I thought, you know, decent idea. Heard another interesting idea, which was uh, you should, you know, for local places. Uh, near you buy gift certificates from them now but don't spend them for like a year yeah stuff like that if you can afford Little it things like you know just 25 dollars 50 dollars someplace that's local that you know that you like you know whether it's you know your local food place or you know whatever store whatever it is you buy it now they get to put that money in a register helps them keep going and then you can spend it a year from now when things start to get back up and running again. You know, help you know, look, whatever you got to do, you got to do. <clears throat> I'll tell you, there are tons of memes and I was going to go through them all. But guess what? You made a comment to me, so I'm going to live with that. I'm going to take your advice. I will say this, though. Some of the memes are fantastic. Some of them yeah, are yeah. simply people have really put up. There are some funny, funny funny memes some of them are great all right and i'll tell you you know there was one in particular that i thought was absolutely terrific i find it right here in a second it is where is it should be this one there it is see if i can get this to pop up on my screen over here while everything else is going on it is a picture of like the jesus fish Mm -hmm. okay and in it it says gefilte with a mm-hmm. star of David, and underneath it says, 
I don't know. Commemorating not getting killed by a plague during a plague that you hope you're not getting killed by is probably as Jewish as you can get. (laughs) (laughs) I I I thought that was particularly creative. Indeed. You know? Indeed. So, so, before we get to the groove, I want to get to this. I had mentioned some friends of mine, you know, because my mango trees are starting, are, are pretty close. My mangoes are coming in, and any minute now, they're going to be ready to be harvested. They're coming in beautiful. And originally, I was thinking to myself, you know, this year, I'm just going to, I'm going to have somebody come on over who knows what they're doing, take down all the mangoes and give them to a local food bank, which I thought was a good idea. Except here's the thing. Okay, here in Florida, if you, you know, if you're hungry and you want a mango, all you got to do is hop your neighbor's fence. If if that, I mean, there's yeah, you, you walk that. the alleys behind these houses where I live over here, and the yeah. mango trees are growing right over the alley. Right over, just, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, and so, you know, basically frontline responders like in New York and stuff. And I've seen all over what, what people are doing is they're like ordering, you know, a hundred pizzas and having it delivered, you know, to, to, you know, Mount mm-hmm. Sinai hospitals and ER unit. So they, okay. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm a New Yorker. I know that New Yorkers can live on nothing but, you know, pizza and water for weeks, for weeks. We can live as long, you know, it's New York pizza. We can live on pizza and water for weeks. But I thought to myself, hold on. I figured maybe some fresh fruit might brighten up the day. And so what I did is I got in touch because I'm watching. You know, it's really hard for me to watch. And I'll be talking about this later. What's going on in New York right now? It breaks my heart. It's it's really it's there there are times it's everything I can do not to break down in tears. But I what I did is I got in touch with one of my dear friends, um, my friend Maria. And she retired uh, about a year and a half ago um, from the EMT division of the fire department in New York City. She was a lieutenant uh, for the EMT division. Okay, and these are literally the frontline people every day, every day. These people, you know, this is just the latest fucking thing. Okay. Okay. Last year, this time, yeah. Every day, these people were going out and they were putting themselves, they were saving lives every day back then too. <laughs> Nothing's changed. It's, you know, there's just they're just they're hours longer. It's it's harder. And right now, she is uh, currently uh, she's down in Rincon, Puerto Rico, with her daughter. Hola, Laura, mi amor. And um, and I, you know. I, I asked her, I said, you know, here's a thought. How is there a way for me to send my mangoes? You know, they, they have like these companies that will come down the exact right time and they, they grab all the fruit and they package it properly and they make sure that it's, you know, at the right time. And then they overnight it so it arrives the next day fresh. Like, and, you know, they put it in dry ice or something. I don't know. There, But that's what they do. There's a lot of these companies down here. And I thought, you know. I might be onto something there. And so I asked her about that. And I said, you know, do you know anybody up there to hook me up with? And so she's like, you know, I got somebody. I'm going to make a phone call and I'll get back to you. So this morning she forwarded an email 
uh, uh, text, excuse me, that she had gotten this morning from Lieutenant Timothy Cusack, who is with uh, FDNY's EMS Station 38 on Winthrop Street in Brooklyn. And this is this station is basically smack dab in the center of Brooklyn. Okay, it's near Prospect Park. It's like halfway between Flatbush and Crown Heights. It's just the center of Brooklyn. Okay, Station 38. And the tech said uh, many stations are getting donations. So sending it directly to any station and it would be taken, thankfully. It sounds like a wonderful gift. It's just past 9 a.m. finishing my third cardiac arrest. This is an unsustainable situation. So incredibly sad. I'll be here for 16 hours today. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything I can not to break down in tears live on the air. Seriously, man, it's no bullshit what these people are going through. And you can see me on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is my uh, sweatshirt that Maria got for me, my FDNY paramedic. Okay, it's the paramedics. Okay, that we give the big shout out to because the firefighters, they run into a fire. Okay, the paramedics are the ones, okay, that run into the COVID, to run into the, 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 the apartment where there's a COVID patient. Mm-hmm. Firefighters don't do that. There's, they, they, you know, and don't get me wrong. Hey, man. All right. We love firefighters. And, right? you know, firefighters and EMTs, I've never gotten a ticket from any of them. Cops. I got a few from them, but we still love our police wall our front line. That's what somebody said. He goes, hey, firefighter never gave me a speeding ticket. Right. But these EMS people are so underappreciated, okay? And now we're getting at least somewhat more of an appreciation. A lot of it is going, and justifiably so, to these nurses and doctors who basically said, sure, I'll take the bullet. They're going to get sick. Every day they go in, they figure there's a decent chance of getting shot. They just hope it's like it just grazes their arm and doesn't actually, you know, plug them right in the heart. Okay, but they they figure they're going to take a bullet. And the EMS guys, okay, these 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 guys who who are in those ambulances, okay, those ambulances that you're hearing in the major cities every day, okay, those are the guys that are driving all over the place all day, nonstop, and trying to save lives. And so I thought mangoes for medics. Nice. Now mine are going to come. Mine, I, I see. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm after this is over because it's probably about two weeks, I think, before mine are going to come be ready to be done. So over the course of the next couple of days, I'm going to get in touch with somebody down a block from me, this guy I know, and have him. There's like one of these, you know, he, he has a major uh, landscaping lawn business, you know, with lots of employees and he knows the shit. And so I'm going to say, look, this is what I want to do. I need to know exactly when to do it. I don't know when the right time to do it is. And I want to have it done all at once, you know, so we can get. I'm going to have at least 50. At least 50. Oh, yeah, man. They're beautiful. They're coming in nice. But a lot of them are way high up on the tree. I can't get up there. I've got one of these poles, you know, with like a basket to pull them off. But I need a pro. And so – I'm going to get so I'm going to, you know, get in touch with Casey, who is one of my neighbors. He's a firefighter down here, another frontliner. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's working his ass off, you know, and these guys. And so I'm going to talk to him and get in touch with this other guy. And so 
if you're down here in South Florida, and you know me, okay, and you got mangoes, and there's plenty of people who do, get in touch with me because I'm going to put together a care package of mangoes for these cats. All right? Fresh mangoes, baby. Look, I said on the last show, I said, I don't know what to do. I said, you know, we have to get creative. All right? Because you can't leave the house. What can you do? Well, you can try and we can try and do the show. You can try and send somebody something. Okay. I want it, you know, especially right now, I'm looking up there at the weather. They're like in the Nor'easter in April. What the fuck? Like shit ain't bad enough. They need this crap? Come on, man. That's just not even fair. It really is, man. You know, the you know, on the other hand, I'm gonna tell you, I thought about this. You know, maybe it's actually a little bit better. We don't need all that wind and, and power going out, but you know, crummy weather is probably a good thing right now because boy, would it be torturous if it were like seventy and sunny, and uh, you're in that apartment. Yeah. Okay, I'm down here in South Florida. I go outside. Mm-hmm. I'm outside. I walk around a pool. You know, I literally do laps around my pool. Thirty laps is a mile. I figured it out. I, I actually right. did the math on that. That's that's how much time I fucking have. I actually did the math with a uh, one of those tape measures and figured it out. So, in any event, if you hear me, you know me, get in touch with me. You can send me an email at tonyc at soflowradio.com. I'm assuming that's still uh, viable, yes? Uh, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> of course. At soflowradio.com. If you want to, you've got an idea or you want to help chip in on something like this, I'll, I'll cover the cost of shipping. I don't give a shit. I, you know, I got that. I got it. All right. You know, will you want to help out? <laughs> okay. That'd be nice too. And I want to, I just, this is, this I want to do. And, and I'll tell you, before we get to the groove, I'm going to say that, you know, when I first thought of this, I immediately called up Maria down there. Then I hung up the phone and, and I was sitting there and then I started watching like the news, you know? Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh my God. You're sending mangoes? That's what you're going to do? You're going to fucking send mangoes? Are you kidding me? That is just so nothing. <laughs> and so I was you know, what are you you're doing? Nothing. And when I got this text forwarded to me this morning, I realized it ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. It's at least, you know? Right. You got to think, fresh mangoes? I love Come mangoes. Come on. Fresh mangoes. You know, yeah. mangoes for medics, baby. That's going to be my thing. So shout out right, to my friend Maria and, you know, to, to Lieutenant Tim Cusack, all the cats in the EMS Station 38 out there on Winthrop Street, Brooklyn. All right. And to the EMS workers all over this country, man, all those sirens you hear, that's them. Okay, these guys are risking their lives every day, just like they always have. These frontline medics, the New York City ENT, mucho mahalo, baby. We get you some fucking fruit, baby. I got your mangoes, and soon you're gonna have them. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing it. I don't give a shit, even if it's only twenty, and I box them up myself. I gotta, you know, if that's what I gotta, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mangoes for medics, baby. You ready for some groove? I'm ready. This you is the set I was set? looking forward to. Tell yeah, let's see. It, let's see if you can uh, guess the uh, the theme uh, of the set coming up here on the the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. 
For a second there, I thought you disappeared. It rains a lot this time of year. Suitcase. I love you, steady.
I think we can start talking during this part. I mean, if you ask me. You want to make us hot? Go ahead. Oh, no, we are. We are hot. That was on the air. <laughs> In case it wasn't obvious. Sorry about that. <laughs> We're hot. Yeah, I, I was confused when I was listening to that song. It was like, when I should start talking. But I think uh, it's uh, at, the first, at the first decrease there, at, at, uh, at level one of the decrease. So, so that was Bijou Phillips. And uh, I never shot the president. Did you discover the theme uh, yeah. I did not. Okay. Well, the Bijou Phillips. Here, here's a, here's a hint because you know you played it before. You played um, um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch before. You know, and I, as I was searching around, I think you have. I'm pretty sure you have. Okay. Have, if have you it? say so. I, I'm. I'm. I, you know, we have that list on there. The master. Yeah, list. I'll check. I, I don't. I'm not uh, sure about that, but okay. Okay, so I I think that's the case, uh, but in any event, but uh, but uh, but there's a hint because Mark Wahlberg. Okay, you know all about Mark Wahlberg, and I don't have to tell you anything about him. Um, uh, we just we just heard "I Never Shot the President" by Bijou Phillips, who you may or may not be aware of. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Okay, well, she's. Uh, I, mean, I know she, the name and everything. It's just you know, this is. She's these, the, are, this, these are the areas. Well, she's the of, daughter. Of, of she's the daughter. On you for. She, she's the daughter of John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas, and the half. Yeah, that, si- that much half, I know. Half yeah. sister of Mackenzie Phillips. Well, she's she's uh, you know a famous actress. You say much more famous uh, as an actress than uh, than as a singer, oh, okay. as, uh, right? So that so there's there's your clue. This this theme, as I will go on to explain, is is uh, people who are much more famous as actors than they are singers, uh-huh. and, and 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 so much more. Like here's the commonality, I'm, and this is a reach here. I know. Uh, sometimes you'll hear about an actor going into singing, like Eddie Murphy, for example, and we'll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or Juliette Lewis, and we will we'll all typically have the appropriate reaction, like eh, we'll groan and say, "Why should? Why do they? You know, why are they doing that?" Yeah, but oh no, plenty of say, plenty of you know musicians and saying you know people like are, that. That was what MTV did. It, right. It made it made all these people who were in the music business realize when they were doing these videos, some of them actually had some acting talent. So, some, some, but not always. Yeah. But usually, it's usually the case like somebody like Elvis or Frank Sinatra, they become very famous. They'll put them in movies. And, and in, in the case of Frank Sinatra, hey, you, he can act. He's doing a good job. Yeah. But this set is people who are famous as actors and, and, and so good, as a matter of fact, that if they said, uh, you know, I'm going to cut a record or if you, you heard, hey, Bijou Phillips is going to cut a record. Bijou Phillips used to hang out with Paris Hilton. So everybody was reacting the same way as, as, uh, as when Paris Hilton cut a record. And, but the difference is – I didn't even know she had. Yeah, a couple I think. Um, but the difference is Bijou Phillips cut a, an album of all very listenable songs. There are three very good songs on that album. That's one of them. And she wrote them all herself. Her dad's John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, it's, and Papas a, it's in her yeah. DNA. There's no reason uh, why. So Marky Mark, we know about Coconut Records. That's Jason Schwartzman's project. And he's really? famous. Yes. Jason Schwartzman, uh, who's uh, the son of Talia yeah. Shire and uh, you know the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, who's been in a million movies. And yeah, just incredibly no, I- talented this is one of those guys where it's like oh come on leave something for the rest of us with your talent because the coconut records and i think like that's him singing and playing like all those instruments and everything you know he's just and and, and again and they have more than one good song coconut records or he i I should say 30 seconds to mars this one is always a surprise to everybody that's jared leto and his brother shannon Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, and and my favorite. I was inspired by Jared Leto. Uh, 
Jared Leto's quote, uh, which really speaks to this topic. He was asked in an interview, you know, you know, the interviewer said something like, I heard you got a band. Isn't that kind of like, you know, cliche or, or typical or, or, or lame or I forget what the interviewer <laughs> said that, you know, actors, you know, they, they decide that they're going to be musicians and everything like that. And he goes, he's, you know, he said something like, typically, yes, but, uh, but our band is good. My band is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it wasn't an empty boast because you know you hear the song there. I mean they they really I got some they got song. some chops. All, a, I like that song a lot. It's a good song, but I mean it's it it's it's meaty. You know it, if you if oh, you yeah. if you saw them perform, you wouldn't think oh you know that guy's an actor too. You know yeah, cause Jared Leto is a phenomenal <laughs> actor. Oh, and Requiem for a Dream is my favorite yeah. uh, movie. Oh yeah, man, that's, that's a great. And it movie, deserves yeah. an, uh, an Oscar for that. You know, um, Bijou Phillips was nominated for four Academy Awards for the movies that she was in. Uh, and everything, and nobody knows that she cut a record, a damn good record, if you I ask me. She was an actress. Then again, I don't pay attention to that. Yeah, shit, well, so. I, she was in the movie Bully, was the most famous one, but she's been in a lot of shit and a lot oh, of uh, okay. acclaimed uh, stuff. I think she was in Almost Famous, was I think was her first big role. That was a good movie. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. So, uh, so anyway, there you go. There's my set. I hope you enjoyed it. No, I already started Ruby, working. I, on... I sent you the. I sent you a text. I got after I heard yeah, the set. I was yeah, like, you did. Yeah. Now this set. Now you're getting the hang of it, man. I um. Getting the hang of this radio thing. I got <laughs> thanks. Mate. One of these days, I might make a living at it. Um, I know. I, I think it's great though that you're starting to come around and really develop into somebody who understands the concept of radio and, yeah, and how yeah, the yeah, music and, 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 and I have, and I have you to thank. I'm already working on next uh, the next set set. Oh, oh man! Now I've, I've yeah. created a monster. It's going to be an, another monster. theme. By the way, there's something for there's something for you in the audience to to research. In doing this, uh, uh, some some marginal uh, people came up or on the periphery came up. Uh, Vanilla Ice, right after the whole Ice Ice Baby fiasco, at some point in there, he cut a record as part of some project with a name that I can't remember. But it was it was kind of rock and roll. It was rock. And uh-huh. it was surprisingly good. And I can't for the life of me think of the name. I of saw it. him live, I'm yeah. pretty sure. At one point down in like on on in like uh, the Rockaways or something. I, you know, I, I went with my I, friend Roger Hitz to go my, see him. My heart goes my heart goes out to him. I d I don't I don't have any animus towards Rob Rob Van Winkle there. But uh, especially <laughs> after I heard that that one, that one act, and I well, gotta he's find local. it. So. He's from down here. He does. Yeah. He did like a whole thing with like home repairs and shit. And everybody, every place he ever did this home repair. All right, all the people who wound up in those houses basically complained that all of the work was done. You know, it was just terrible. All the electrical and plumbing was wrong. They had to redo it all. <laughs> you know, everybody got a bum deal from the poor guy. I mean, he tried his best on that one, but still. He did it when he did it. I every time I think of him, though, the first thing that pops into my head is the Jim Carrey impersonation of him from In Living Color. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't, I yeah. can't help myself with that. God, I miss that so, show. I do too. I do so, too. All right, back to you. Back to the news. Back to coronavirus. Man. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I there's no. It's kind of random thoughts. The the thing that that really jumped out at me the other day, and just. And then I saw it again. I couldn't believe they were showing, um, I guess, a video emerged uh, of a mass grave being dug in New York City on something on yes, one of the islands yeah, out there in Hudson Potter, Bay. Potter's Field. Yeah, there, you know, well, there's a lot of them in New York. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of them. 
But they were showing that, and they had, you know, they were showing this this mass grave, and there were already, you know, maybe a dozen or so caskets in there, and and, and I'm watching this, and, I, and it was just horrible. And then the next day, on some, you know, or later on, they, you know, they brought it up again. It got brought up, you know, I cut, I saw this video three, four, five times, and it was like watching videos of 9-11 again. I was like, mm-hmm. just stop showing this, man. Mm-hmm. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't need to see that shit. Nobody by the, by the, does. I know. You know? By the way, why, why, once, why, why aren't we... I know it might sound morbid, but why aren't we cremating people? I mean... It's, I don't know. You know? I, I, I mean, it's I not... Can't, I'm cremating. not even thinking I'm okay on that, that level yet. If they did that with me, but, you know. Hey, I'm not, I haven't even gotten to that level of thinking, but, you know, every night, like on ABC's Nightly News, the, the guy who does the uh, the live you know, feed, he, he's for, for like a week or so, he's been up on 113th in Amsterdam, right by where the sign for the emergency room for Mount Sinai is, which is, you know, that's an emergency room I have been to on several occasions for any number of reasons that I won't go into, but I've, I've had to bring a few people there and been brought there myself. And, you know, that's up on 113th and Amsterdam. Well, like literally two blocks away is St. John the Divine, which is the largest Gothic cathedral in the United States. I think it's the second largest Gothic cathedral in the world after uh, Basilica in Rome. But um, they literally had converted it into this kind of makeshift mash ward that they, mm-hmm. you know, in case they had to use it. Thankfully, they haven't had to use it. And then just this morning... I saw that they were putting up medical tents on the campus of Columbia University. All of this is within like a five-block radius. St. John of the Vine, Mount Sinai, Columbia University. It's all between 116th and 110th and Amsterdam. I don't know why they've chosen this neighborhood as the one, probably because so many Washington Heights, which is up in the 150s, very uh, mostly it was Dominican. A big, uh, big population from DR was living there, um, and they're getting wailed on now. Uh, Washington Heights, South Bronx, um, just getting, just it's really starting to wail on these areas. And of course, you know it's minorities. You know it's minorities. As I said on the last show, this one was easy to see coming. As far as I was concerned, it is always, always, okay, the the least prominent, the least fiscally stable, the least visually prominent people, you know, the people that we're now depending on, stock our shelves, deliver our food, those people, the MTA in New York, bus drivers, Subway, subway car operators and conductors and engineers, huge, starting to really hit the MTA very hard. And so, of course, you know, but it's always going to hit the minorities, the people who, you know, have the, the worst health care because governments don't seem to give a shit about them. They don't have as big a voice in Washington. They don't have a lobbying group. With millions and, and, and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars 
you know, backing them up and sending, you know, teams of their lawyer lobbyists from K Street up to the hill to lobby on their behalf of, you know, better schools and better health care in their neighborhoods. They don't have that. So, of course, it's wailing on them, just like it does in every war. It's the, you know, it's it's the people who can't afford the modern day equivalent of three hundred dollars, which is what you had to pay to get out of the, uh, the Civil War. It's those mm-hmm. people. It's the people that don't can't afford three hundred bucks. You know, in a modern day, they're the ones that always get get hurt the worst in this. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. This war just highlights it more, and it's going. I'll tell you, any second now, it's going to highlight it even more because it's hitting the inner cities first, and so that's easy for Trump and Republicans to ignore. Why? They vote Democrat most of the time. It's easy. But you know what? You know who else has no education and shitty health care? Yeah, that's right. South. Alabama, <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right, baby. Kentucky, Tennessee, the Hollers, yeah, and Appalachia. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they got, they're in the same position. They're just not as densely packed as people in the inner cities. But they're in many cases, they're in even worse shape. A lot of them are, are 30 minutes from the nearest medical facility. And what's going to happen? Let's see what, you know, and you, you think these people aren't fat, diabetic, Jeez. heart troubled. Right. You know, <laughs> come on, man. Right. <laughs> these are the people. And, you know, how did they get fat? Yeah, food stamps. Food uh-huh. stamps, they complain about this shit. But, you know, that's how they got fat. Because... The closest thing to them is junk food. Then they buy junk food because it's cheap. Same as inner cities. Any second now, wait till it starts to hit them. I, I, we're, we're going to have different classes of people now. Tested and not tested. Antibody and no antibody. These are going to be the new classes mm-hmm. of people now. You're going to have to have a little card. This is going right. to go away until we have a vaccine, a cure. That's when it goes away. Up until then, it's here. By the, okay, by the can, way, they can the, talk about you know the anti-vaxxers were very quiet for a while there. Oh yeah, where but, I, but, they're, but, they're, but they're back. They're back. They're back. They're 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 yeah. they're beginning. Well, they're they're already. I'm already seeing the. Um, uh, on the stream, like on the uh, the fact checking stream and everything like that, they're already saying that this was created in a laboratory so that there would be mandatory vaccinations, and then they're going to inject you with a whole bunch of other shit as well. Really? That when they inject you, when they inject you, yeah, yeah. Well, just wait, Tin Hat. Uh, the <laughs> the the mandatory vaccination is when they're going to inject you with the RFID chip. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. So now you do. Total recall. And knowing, ding, 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 the more you know. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Well. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know? You know, fuck to, that, to that I say, really? Because I thought I was going to have to pay for my own RFID chip. This is really a... <laughs> if I can... Get it for it's free all- and in one stop. That's wonderful. Get the vaccine and the that RFID chip. White of, of the Can't wait. Hey, I hate fucking to have to punch in my pin, man. Can't wait to scan my thumb. Yeah, or just have <laughs> them, you know, to roll that little light over my oh. eye, my eyeball. Jeez, the Antichrist is almost here. Your work is almost done or dark glowed. Yeah, these anti-vaxxers, man. I, I have 
I have a friend of mine who said flat out, I won't get vaccinated. I went, well, you know what? That's fine. And but, you know, I won't be talking to the, you until the, I am the reality wars. I told you we're going to be separated. We're going to all these people. They're going to have to go like live somewhere else. We, you know, what occurred to me was that uh, we are the similarity to me was with the, I, I swear to God, this is this is why it creeped into my mind was I started thinking of the, the similarity here with how we feel about gun legislation. Now, hang on. I'm going to make the connection. It's about being impatient. Okay. As a, as a nation, as a society, and particularly you know, millennials and X-Gen people who have grown up with never with, – with always having the ability to be able to get something – Faster, cheaper, and easier than they did yesterday. And with the expectation that it will be still faster, cheaper, and easier tomorrow. They don't mm-hmm. they have no patience anymore. Nobody has the patience for anything, which is what I was talking about when it came to guns. I was like, you know, the problem is that the gun people we say it's not gonna help, you know, this isn't gonna help the situation. No, tomorrow it won't help. But 10 years from now, I guarantee it will have helped. But nobody wants to wait that long. Nobody wants to see it through. We've become impatient. And this is what I'm seeing now. Because I think it was Cuomo who came on maybe a week or two ago. And he said, you know, it's only been 37 days. And I realize that it is tough. We are, particularly here in New York, we are an incredibly social city. Mm -hmm. We are, okay. He said, it's 37 days. And I think to myself about people who are in my situation, okay, who are, who would complain. Mm-hmm. I just walk around the corner, Whole Foods open. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that, you know, some things, you know, that everything's kind of weird and there's that weird vibe, but <laughs> I, you know, walk around it's the corner. Weird. It's very quiet in the publics. Oh, very, there's uh, normally a din. But, uh, you know, waiting for something to end without the ability to hasten the progress towards that end, you know, other than basically doing nothing so as to not proactively slow the progress. You want it to go as fast as possible. So all you can do in pursuit of that is nothing. Right. Okay. It's, it's analogous of the virus itself and illness itself. You're supposed yes. to rest. The more you rest, but we – and and when what we never do, you feel a cold coming on or a flu. You keep going because you're busy. you got shit to do. You right. wind up making it worse. Yes. Right. And, and, that's, and that's how we are. And we're doing that. Like this is an illness, and the best thing for it is rest. We need to rest and yes. get over it basically. And it's, inc- and it's much more frustrating for modern society than it was for past generations. Past generations – Realized yeah. it took a while because it physically took a while to build something, hey. to create something, hey. to harvest something. Sorry. In our defense, you know, sorry, past generations. In our defense, they didn't have television, so they can never know our pain. <laughs> 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 they had nothing to do anyway. They had shit was, to do anyway. Those people know, were leading read. boring, empty read. lives without television anyway. So. <laughs> 
Who they cares? were just sick, <laughs> sexually deviant, barbarians, drug and alcohol. A- a- Look, we were of alcoholics for years before we. Oh my god! Know, before we they were so television. alcoholics, everybody drank alcohol because the water was bad. They put alcohol in everything. Everything was either oh, beer man. or wine watered down. Oh, please, <laughs> you know, these days I, I said it's uh, ironically this the spread of information <sighs> now takes place. Almost instantly, but so does the spread of misinformation and concealing relevant information has become politically de rigueur, Mm -hmm. both domestically and abroad. So technology and scientific progress have simultaneously aided and hindered humanity's ability and willingness to most effectively contain a global pandemic. We have the knowledge and the ability to to take care of this. We could. We have what it takes. But at every level, in every place, in an increasingly interconnected global society, people don't think about what's best for everybody. Nobody ever thinks along those lines anymore. Not here, not in this country. It's ain't Japan, Dad. Not in this world. They don't. It's it's a global thing. This is global. And and I'll tell you, I, I heard the other day that it was President Trump like wanted particular language in in whatever the, the World Health Organization decree or whatever it was. He he was the one who insisted on particular language that basically made the deal that would have gotten all these countries on the same page. In a statement and, and hopefully with action, that was the deal breaker. And so they never got it done because he wanted to call it the China virus. All right. And what a dick. Yeah. I, I, Bill Maher is right about this one part. He goes, you know, it's one thing. He said it, it is the, the coronavirus. It is the Wuhan virus. He said, that's the truth. He said, now. Assholes who want to take it out on people, you know, on Chinese people here in America. That's just straight up, you know, that's just straight up bigotry and racism. They're just looking for an excuse. If it's not them, they'll find somebody else. It doesn't matter who it is. They're just looking for somebody to hate that's not white. Okay, so that's one thing. But he is right. He's right. He came from the web markets. They really want to reopen the web markets again. I, you, and you, the Chinese, you can't believe anything that they're saying. You, you don't, you can't take how, it at face how, value. How are, how are you? I mean, it's hard for us to relate, you know. But, but like, if they said you can't have seafood anymore, it's making the world sick. A lot of assholes yeah. in America would be like, "Fuck you! I don't have shrimp." You know. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like that. I mean, I know, dude, it's barbaric as hell. And I say, yeah. "Fuck that wet market, man." You know, yeah. and the and the Chinese that are bent out of shape, but but that's what it, that that's what you're going to have the, the what the, the, it's a fucking petri dish. It's going to be the wet black market when they make it illegal, which is going to oh, make yeah. it even better. That's when yeah. you're going to have they, they still do that. The Japanese are famous for that crap, ordering like this exotic <laughs> crap, and then they like wind up with these particular type of fish. But can't keep them all, and they're like invasive species in like lakes and rivers now here in America. You know, they just let them loose 
because they yeah. were trying to breed them to make a little extra money. Meanwhile, yeah. they're basically ravaging the seas of bluefin tuna so they can serve it up to the to the hoi polloi's over there at 100 bucks a pop. You, you, you see why Trump uh, hates the Chinese? You see why he's Chinese? Listen to you here, China bashing. That's me. Well, <laughs> but, you know, slant-eyed bashing. Oh, oh, my God. All, I all of them people. Yeah. I can't believe no, the racism on the group of them. You know, the, anybody who, who, you know, calling it that is a bad thing. And I understand that. It shouldn't be, though. It's only a bad thing because there's so many people who use that as an excuse to, you know, be to to let their we, inner bigot and inner racist we, come out more than usual. We ought not and, name disasters, diseases, you know, earthquakes and floods and things like that uh, after ethnic groups, even if uh, it started there. You yeah, know, yeah, I mean, it's right. just it's not it's not. Uh, you Look, know, the blame game is something you do right. after you fix the problem. It's obvious. Listen, racist, you want to do that, man. You want to have something racist to say, don't you? Right? You really yeah, want to have so something it racist. It doesn't matter to, where it's from. I know. Right. It doesn't matter where it's from. It could have been in their own backyard. They'd have found somebody back there that's slightly different from them. Yeah. That would have been a target. Yep. The yeah. Irish, I don't know, something. They would have come up with something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, please. Okay. You know, it's we got it down here and. You know, in in Georgia, okay, but I'm telling you straight up, it's the South Carolina virus. Those yeah. fucking, you know, what do you call them? Gamecocks. Those fucking Gamecocks. Fuck them. It's the Gamecock flu. <laughs> you, know, uh, where, you can. You, I'm, I'm not jumping into this conversation. I know. I, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right. I, I. It's the way I feel about much of the stuff that I see on TV. I mean, as I said last week, it's it's real easy to talk about. You know how he fucked us up. Yeah, he did. And hopefully we're going to get rid of them and we will learn from this as to why we don't, you know, allow Republicans to get away with what they've gotten away with for the last 50 years, which has led to what we've got now. And I'll say it straight up. I mean, you know, when when the historians write about this, when we look back at this, when we get the truth about this, the timeline of this, the, the inside scoop of this. All right. You know, Republicans are going to have to stand back and recognize that they're responsible for killing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially millions. We haven't even heard about what's going to happen when it hits the sub-Saharan region, when it when it really breaks out in, in Pakistan and India, in these super duper in Bangladesh, you know, when, yeah. when it hits these incredibly impoverished places in the Philippines. You say it, it, yeah. you say they're going to have to accept responsibility, but I say what they're going to do is A, not care, B, deny it ever happened. Oh yeah, that'll be they'll While it's happening. That out the, yeah, that's that's the gas. Well, they were they're already starting that. That's their their videos, their videos of now. people like, you know, shooting empty empty hospitals. You see it's all a hoax. Don't believe the the oh, yeah. media. I mean, yeah, that's that's going to go on. I mean but they can do that all day long. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying it straight up. Republicans are a bunch of put dead. The Lincoln legacy. I just saw their new ad. I just mm-hmm. saw their new ad. And, you know, Trump is already <laughs> love trying these to guys, say, I man. don't want it on the I, I, I only ever hear about them on your, uh, except for on your show. <laughs> yeah, the Lincoln legacy. Well, you know, 
Trump did this. And it's like this timeline of basically Trump ignoring this uh-huh. and then all of a sudden trying to say, I was on it early and I did everything I could yeah. and nobody could have foreseen it and blah, 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 even though basically it's a blatant lie. Everybody knows he's lying. Okay. Lincoln legacy. Okay. You know, thanks for jumping on the bandwagon, but let me just tell you straight up. Okay. Right. You're, you're going to, you have to accept responsibility here. You have to accept responsibility here. Okay. But more than that, it's the people that you've already said will never accept responsibility. Senator mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham. Haven't heard anything from him in a while. Haven't heard anything. Nope. Take Cruz. Oh, he's got a podcast. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck You're him. not tuning into his podcast. Fuck him. You know, <laughs> I don't see him donating blood. See if his auntie, he's, he's one of the first guys to get it, right? Yeah, I think so. That's right. He's yeah, got how antibodies. Come, how come somebody hasn't fucking stuck a needle in this guy's arm? See if he's got the antibodies. As the antichrist, one would think he should. Never mind. That was too easy. Too easy. Uh, as I said on the last show, where yo, where are my three comma patriots at? Where are the billionaires of the world? Where are the fucking billionaires of the world? I've heard they're doing their thing and blah, blah. Not good enough. Not good enough. Well, Not nearly good enough. Not even close to good enough. Not close to what they could be doing. They could pony up. The 25 richest people in the world could easily, easily get together and pony up $100, $150 billion, okay, and fucking take care of, like, seriously, a huge portion of this problem. How about 150 – how about – how about $50 billion, okay, that go directly to nothing but food banks? That's it. Feed people. How about another $50 billion, okay, to pay off um, electric bills, phone bills, cable bills, your water bill, your car insurance? I mean, it's very nice for Geico and Allstate and these people to say, hey, we're going to give you back a discount. Yeah, nobody's fucking driving. Thanks. Thanks for that there. Well done. We're giving back $2 trillion. Yeah, this is after you fucking siphoned like a bazillion. But Mr. Coleman, don't you understand that just because a lot of people are in dire straits right now, there were a lot of people, (laughs) not as many, mind you, but there were a lot of people in dire straits before this happened. Oh, yeah. And the billionaires existed then also, and they didn't do anything about the needy people then, and they aren't going to do anything about it now. But I will say this, one billionaire... Bill Gates, you know, who do you yeah, think is paying? He's trying to come up with a cure. Yeah. yeah. God bless. He, no, no God bless. He, not just, but where do you think, you know, the money for that free RFID chip is coming from? He's behind the New World Order and the mandatory well, global really? vaccination program. Yeah, he's the one foot in the bill for all of this. So at oh. least we got that. Him <laughs> and Larry Ellison and, and Bezos mm-hmm. and the rest of these tech bazillionaires. That's right. Yeah. yeah. New yeah, World Order. Sergey and Gregory and whoever else from Google. The That's Google right. boys. Can't you wait know? for my UPC symbol tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That's really. Now you just fucked. That's just straight fucked up. Now you just fucked up. All right. But, it, you know, yeah, I mean, I've seen. I can't tell you the. the bazillion or so memes and tweets I've seen where, you know, this thing is killing 
10,000 people a day. Meanwhile, 250,000 people a day are dying from starvation or whatever. We don't seem to give a shit about that. <laughs> you know when they get the tattoo? When they give you the tattoo? Free brick of cheese. <laughs> Every tattoo. Is that any government cheese? Any well, government cheese? pasteurized processed cheese product, mind you. you know. <laughs> what was it? Andre, it was Andrew Jackson, the, uh, the big block of cheese. Mm-hmm. You, you kept all that cheese in there so anybody could come in and fucking take a hunk of cheese out of the White House. <laughs> that was Jackson's that was Jackson's donation to the Republic. Here you go. Let them eat cheese. <laughs> that was that was his thing. Let them eat cheese. I will say this that one of the things that it's kind of hard to fight off is the the desire to to engage in Schadenfreude. Mm-hmm. You know, when when certain people Get uh, get the worst of this, you know. Now, when it comes to these business people getting their ass kicked, these these you know hedge fund bazillionaires, you know. See, this is the, the reason why I think these billionaires should be should be ponying up money because essentially they're making a lot of money out of this, and or they're getting bailed out by this. Mm. They're getting bailed out by this, as always. It's the it's the big shots who end up getting propped up because, you know, without them, the economy would fail. Bullshit. That's just bullshit. Some other big shots just come along and buy it on the cheap, which is probably what its fair market value actually is. If we hadn't basically given these people a lot of money to do stock buybacks and drop the, the interest rate down to zero to artificially prop up their prices. But all these bazillionaires out there, you know, thank you, Mr. Gates. I appreciate that. But you know what? All these people, especially somebody like Warren Buffett, who's, you know, where is he? He's from Omaha. He's from mm-hmm. Nebraska. Right. This is the breadbasket of America, baby. The breadbasket of the fucking world over there. And these guys produce corn, soy. These guys produce corn and soybeans for the planet out there. All right? And we've been propping up these industries. We've been giving farm subsidies to these industries. And now... Oh, poor farmers and shit. You know what? The government doesn't have to prop them up. Okay? Warren Buffett should prop prop them up. Okay? Bezos, Walmart, the Walton clan, all four of those Waltons from right? Walmart, they should be propping them up. Soros should be propping them up. Bezos, Zuckerberg, the Google boys, whoever's in Twitter, all these people. Okay? They should be paying to ship vegetables, food, anything to people who are hungry. Put right your on. money all over the world. You got billionaires in every country. Let me tell you something, okay? If people start dying, you're not going to have a customer base, you assholes. So snap to it, three comma boys. A billion dollars. It's like one billion is not enough. Better make it two. Hundred billion. What the fuck? I, yo, billionaires, step up, baby. This is when you want to earn some good karma. You want to earn some good PR. Okay, most people hate your fucking guts, and legitimately so. All right, even the good guys, like Bill Gates, most people hate him. Why? Because he's got fifty billion dollars, right? And he and. His pledge to give it all away, you know, you don't hear about that. and You don't hear about a lot of the good things that these people do. I, You know, granted. All right. 
well, you know what? This is that time to do something everybody can hear about. And more importantly, everybody can put in their stomachs. You guys are the tech and manufacturing and industrial behemoths, okay, of the of, of the planet. Okay? Just walk right into some factory and say, I'm buying it, you're making masks and ventilators. That's it. How much? Two hundred million? Done. You. Guy built guy who thinks it's I should still be, you know, manufacturing widgets. Take a hike, pal. Tell your story walking. Now we're making masks. Now we're now we're figuring out ways to do get food. Now we're building something that's going to help us with this, not just now, okay, but for the next time it happens because it will happen. All right, take your widgets and put it on the arches, pal. All right, I'm stepping in and I'm going to take 200 million out of my 100 billion dollars, and I'm doing this here now. Just saying, billionaires. Where my three comma billion, you, you know, where my three comma patriots at, baby? Let's I don't go. know. Sounds pretty commie to me. I know, doesn't it? That is just some commie shit right there. Yep. You know, it's always communist until you go hungry. In which place, you know, at which time it's like, all right. You know, that was what was, right. it, what was the line? It's like, yeah, I'm against socialism unless it, unless it means that I don't get a ventilator. In which case, you know, that's right. Nana has to die. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Nana. Wi-Fi, baby. I got my politics. You got your politics, baby. Sorry, you ready Nana. For some I got my yeah. You ready for more groove? <laughs> I am ready for more groove. What are you talking about? It's an. Uh, I, I just. It, it is. I'm just saying. Get creative. Get creative, folks. Don't ever stop thinking about what stupid little thing. You think it's everything outside a box? No problem, baby. I'm going to try and send mangoes to EMT guys in New York. All right. It beats a blunt stick in the eye. That's for damn sure. Totally. They'll love them in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I'm going to do? I'll give them some groove, baby. You ready? I'm ready. We're going to get back to some more groove on SoFloRadio.com.
report. I just got back from a worldwide USO tour, and America is still number one. We are still the greatest country in the world. No doubt. You have nothing to worry about, because America has got the fattest poor people on the planet. I am telling you, our poor people weigh 400 pounds. They smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. I'm not too worried. You know what I'm saying? You go to Africa, their poor people look hungry. But we're Americans, damn it.
Yeah, there you go. Susan Fassbender, the Twilight Cafe, came out in 1980. It's basically the only hit this chick ever had. Uh, and actually, she ended up committing suicide in 1991. So there's a, there's a bit of bright news for well, us. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for ruining that high for me because I was like, yeah. I couldn't, like, when I'm mixing this, I'm like, I remember this song. Boy, I haven't heard this in a long time. Way to go, Tony, you know, digging out the gold over here and everything. Yeah. And I want, want, want. Oh, she's dead. All right. Sorry, Thank you. Sorry. Go on. Go, go on with the show there, you know. <laughs> Before that, Andrew Bone. That is Taro, uh, uh, which is a 45 he came out with in 1970. This cat uh, actually played with Frampton, Peter Frampton, for a while uh, in a band called The Herd. And then he was with for years. He was actually in a band called Judas Jump. Um, and they were the first band. They opened the Isle of Wight Festival back in the day. So that was, uh, you know, there you go. A little bit of that there. Before that, Dirty Honey, Heartbreaker. That is um, the original version. That's from their second album that came out last year. But what they did is they're they're doing something uh, called the Suitcase Sessions, and uh, the, uh, the the lead singer he said each video is going to be filmed using a rig that is small enough to fit in a suitcase. So they basically just went out to the middle of the desert. They put like everything. My friend Paul Page was telling me that he had like this rig. It was great what you could do with with electronics these days and he had like an entire thing that he's like yeah i just throw it in the trunk of my car that's my whole rig right there because of what they can do but these guys went out there with basically a couple of guitars and a little teeny you know three-piece drum set or four-piece drum set went out there in the middle of the desert and recorded the song so i thought that was pretty cool before that noisettes bridge to canada came out I, in I 2007 you like that one? yes yeah that's cool it's from uh what's the time mr wolf there's a great description. You guys, uh, it was a Rolling Stone called the uh, called this band three bad news London kids who came to knock you out, take your money, and blow your mind. I was like, okay, there, that's all. That's good enough for me. Or that, yeah, a little more Tom Arnold. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Explaining why we have nothing to worry about because our poor people are the baddest poor people on earth. That's it, baby. We're the baddest uh, right. poor people on earth. Yeah, also the most diabetic. <laughs> right. Well, bad food is cheap food. There it is. Still, my my friend find out. my friend Louis in Malawi still you know thinks that we're full of shit for complaining, but uh, you know. Right. Exactly. First, first of all, problems. Uh, exactly. I watch fat homeless people walk back and forth in front of my house. You know, all day long here. So, <laughs> I don't know. I I I, I mean, and they're walking all day, so you know they're. <laughs> Yeah, I, eating, mean, I, I a lot of I carbs. Think, You're eating a lot I of carbs. I try not there. to say anything. All right, I'm the yeah. luckiest guy on the planet. So right. for me to actually, you know, <laughs> before that, <laughs> Stephen Marley doing uh, Stevie Wonder's Master Blaster that uh, that is from an album that came out. It's called Conception, uh, and it's uh, came out 2003. And it's basically a whole bunch of people doing uh, Stevie Wonder songs. There are some great, great tracks on this particular cd i recommend it highly conception and interpretation of stevie wonder songs and kicking off the set bullet monster in paradise that was actually co-written by the head of that band um which ended up becoming these were basically the band were was a couple of guys uh from the band atomic rooster i played them on the show before who went and then they the they ended up becoming called they were called hard stuff 
but for just a little bit of time they were called Bullet. And this song is called Monster in Paradise, and it was co-written by John Gustafson, who's one of the uh, front guys uh, from the band Bullet. But it was also co-written by Ian Gillen and Roger Glover from Deep Purple fame. So there you go. A little bit. That's from uh, The Entrance to Hell. came out in 1971. Recommend that, Holly. Great rock and roll album there. So time for me to take care of the people who take care of us. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I know. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Tell you something. Just saw a video the other day. My man Dave Carey is over there in the shop working as hard as ever. He just put two – he put a twin turbo configuration into some guy's vet, and it is just – he did a video. He's like, all right, here what it sounds like. You know, he puts the camera out. You know, it's one thing to look under the hood, but he, he doesn't care about that right off the bat. The first thing he does is when he starts it up, he brings it all the way around by where the tailpipe is so you can hear what it sounds like. <laughs> that's, that's how he gauges it. My man's still hard at work. Any make, any model, bumper to bumper. He's got you covered, baby. Easy to get to. He's there all day, every day. It's the perfect time. You need work done on your car? Okay. What else you got to do? What else do you have to do right now? Right off 95 and pff, no traffic. No traffic. None. All the signs I was, I was, you know, at, uh, out on the road today, I saw a for mm-hmm. sale sticker on a Cadillac. <laughs> 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 but all the signs, you know, you know who's out of work these days? Yeah. Like the girl, you know, whoever the, the traffic girl is on the, the local news. Done. <laughs> she's, she's it's out of work. weird out there. It's, uh, the, the speed limit's 100. Yes, that's <laughs> it. There's no, the signs, I have yet to see it's, a sign that says, Two right lanes closed or accident yeah. here or please turn on your lights. Remember remember to secure your lo- and cover your load. The uh, Trojan condoms uh, saying, mm-hmm. you know, for, for people out there. Now, all the signs on every road say the same thing. Speeding gets you, costs money. Mm-hmm. Stop speeding. I'm out there. I'm doing 80 and people are people blowing are blow- by Right, me. exactly, right. Right, blowing right. by yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's the Omega it's, Man out there. Oh, yeah. please, it's mm-hmm. free for all out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know as well as I do, okay? It's generally down here, all right? Everybody thinks they're, you know, at the Daytona 500. You know, everybody wants to, they're all slipstreaming and getting a draft off the car in front at 85 and then pulling out, and, mm-hmm. you know. They want to get slingshot from the lead. You know, it's because we, we don't have potholes here. It's because we don't have winter. We don't have potholes. You know, so we know yeah. we're not going to lose our tire <laughs> or <our> whole <laughs> wheel. You know, because any given road, you don't. You know, you do that up north. Any given road, you, potholes. That's your ass. You oh, know, yeah. It's, it's a night. Yeah. Plus, you know, we don't have things like ice or black ice, right? Or you or, know, or any ice, ice. or snow. Yeah. Yeah. Or ice. No, we're but, assholes. It's Florida. But now, not only in addition to that. There's nobody else on the road. They're There's all driving as fast as you are. Day, nobody. Everybody's nobody. driving as fast as you are. Yes. Yeah, God, oh, easy to get to, like I said, man. Right off 95, you take Atlantic West to Andrews. Andrews, make the left on Andrews. The right on 3rd Street's two blocks up on the left-hand side. Easy to get to. 60 seconds off the highway. Even less now. Probably get there in 45 seconds. No traffic. Although you got to deal with the light at Andrews. That's the one, the one thing that may hold you up a little bit. Um... If you go to the site, okay, on a, on our page, you're going to see a link, okay, for Precision Auto Works, and uh, click on that link, 
takes you right to his page, tells you everything you need to know. There's a discount. Yeah, mention the Groovathon. There's a discount. And who couldn't use that these days, right? Right. Right. Every penny counts. Hey, big time shout out because right above that logo, you know what you see on the page? Yeah, our link to SoundCloud, Angel Mucho Mahalo, baby. Angel Espina helping us out there, making sure that radio never dies, right? Right on. Yeah, man, 954-247-9362, Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars take their cars. Yeah, baby. You know what that uh, jingle-worthy tagline means, right? I do. Uh Oh, yeah. Time for the drive groove on SoFloRadio.com.
what I heard my milk cow. I can tell the way she looks. If you see my milk cow, please drive her on.
There you go, baby. Yes. Yours is no disgrace. From the Yes album came out in 71. That was her third album. That was the, uh, that was the one that, uh, I think it still had Tony K on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Tony K was on that one. It was the next one, uh, Fragile, that Rick Wakeman was on. Uh, shout out to the uh, Know Your Bass Player crew. Um, was it, uh, I think Tony Senator was uh, put up something from Yes the other day. You know, Chris Squire, always a favorite of ours. And there's some, uh, you know, I put some other stuff in there that I know they like. Before that, you can't literally, a god, a god then and now, Doc Watson doing Milk Cow Blues. That was uh, live, uh, I believe, with uh, Merle. Back in 1999, they recorded uh, a couple of live albums back then. Milk Cow Blues, okay, has been recorded by everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Everybody's recorded it, okay? Some of the best versions, I'll tell you, Elvis Presley does a kick-ass version. But the version, as always, if you're going to listen to a rock band just smack you down hard with every song they do, the Pirates, from uh, Out of Their Skulls. They do uh, Milk Cow Blues. That is <laughs> ridiculous. But Doc Watson, you know, there you go. From in the flat-picking legend department. Before that, George Thorogood. I don't know how it took me so long to get around to this song. Yeah, Deer Jammer <laughs> from uh, Maverick came out in 1985. This is, uh, that was the album that uh, was like his best-selling album. And I, you know, I Drink Alone and... Willing to hand drive and uh, stuff like that on it. Before that, yeah, a little bit more for Know Your Bass Player fans out there. Carol K. Song is called Burning Spear from Picking Up on the E String. Came out in 1995. Now, the original of this CD was actually called The First Lady of Bass, and it came out in 1994. When they reissued it in 95, um, it included this track burning spirit that wasn't on the original one of course it was reissued on what label yeah you're gonna love this groove attack productions hello and the lineup on this album is remarkable on guitar joe pass on that on this particular track joe passes on guitar joe sample is on piano and tom scott does the flute and the saxophone on that so that's Basically, when it comes to musicians in a studio doing what they do, you're, you're talking about four of the greats ever, okay, with Carol Kay there. And kicking off the set, Aerosmith, Cypress Sore Eyes from Draw the Line came out in 77. Uh, you know what else on that album? Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Milk Cow Blues. They do, a, they do a version of Milk Cow Blues on that album. Great. The, the cover art of that album was done by a guy named Al Hirschfeld. And he is known as a guy. He did tons and tons of drawings, particularly for the uh, New York Times Sunday art section. And they were in black and white. They were caricatures of, of uh, theater people and stuff like that. And his, he always put Ninas in there. It's the Ninas. That was his daughter's name. And you had to find the Ninas in there. But um, – you know, just, just so I throw that in there. So before we get out of here, you know, I mentioned on the last show that John Prine was uh, was very sick. John Prine passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. uh, 
some time ago we played uh, one of my favorite songs, Your Flag Decal Won't Get You Into Heaven Anymore. Maybe not, but I'll tell you what will, his music. All right, that's for damn sure. Um, him, you know who else? Bill Withers. Yeah. Just, wow. Just, wow. 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 You know, what do you say? You know, you, you think about the songs, and particularly now, we all need somebody to live. I mean, for God's sakes. That's just, uh, I don't know. Marianne Faithful, I believe, is in London and is very ill, has been mm. in the hospital for like over a week now. So, um, you know, please get better, honey. You know, right. Uh, Claudia, bartender I know from the Upper West Side. I just, One other person. And this was two weeks ago. My um, longtime friends, very good friend of mine, Alan Benjamin, the third uh, passed away on the big island of Oahu. Um, unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, basically, two weeks ago, it was the uh, on the Monday that we did our last show, which was March the thirtieth. And you know, Alan, um, he was the reason I moved out to Hawaii. He was the reason why. He was living on the Big Island with his uh, mom and stepdad, and um, you know, he told me you know about how he was living out there, and this is a timing thing back in two thousand and late two thousand nine, early two thousand ten, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the reason I moved out and. You know, I've known Alan since uh, like 92 is when I first met him when I was living in Phoenix. And, you know, we worked at the same company originally and we were, as a result of that, arrested on the same day. Um, we made the news that night together. We were on the paper in the papers the next day. And, you know, I've I've known him. We were, He got me a job at MCI. And then when he transferred South Carolina, he requested that I get a promotion and transfer with him, and I went. He was the reason I was living in uh, in Lake Havasu when 9-11 happened. I was living out there, and, uh, you know, Alan didn't have a lot of longtime friends. Uh, I was probably the person over the last 25 years, almost 30 years, that knew him the best. Um, he's a hard guy to know because uh, he didn't show – you know, the best part of him nearly often enough. But I was fortunate enough to have seen it many, many times over the years. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, and Alan, I just spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he had, you know, been away for a little while as a guest of the state. And he'd gotten out about a year ago and he was doing the right thing on a straight and narrow. And he was doing well, sounded good. We had been talking and, um, and then unfortunately, uh, he he passed away uh, two weeks ago. My friend Alan Benjamin the third. His uh, his grandfather Alan Benjamin the first. This guy he invented like some drill bit that is basically ubiquitous. Like if you own a toolkit, there's something in there that Alan's grandfather invented. It's it was when he invented it, it immediately became the standard. And uh, when I was living in Phoenix, he actually took me golfing with his grandfather and his grandfather's best friend who was Karsten Solheim. Karsten Solheim's the guy who founded the golf club company Ping, which is, you know, this big deal. You know, we played golf with those two guys and they were like in their seventies at the time. Me and Alan, you know, we were in our probably our thirties 
at the time, and they both and they beat us. They both outscored us because everything they they played with one golf ball. Meanwhile, me and Alan are trying to hit it as hard as we can, so we end up hitting it. You know, who knows where? Long and wrong is what we used to say. Meanwhile, these guys are hey diddle diddle, right down the middle. So Alan's the first guy I ever played golf with. He's the first guy I ever played around of golf with, and uh, I don't know. I uh, he's take too soon, man. But uh, the one thing I do know is that he wouldn't want me, you know, blubbering about this shit. Because at some point, I got to figure if I run into him down the line, you seem like what kind of bitch move was that? You didn't literally cry, did you? Okay, you didn't do that. Okay, because I'm gonna have to punk. He'd punk me out in the afterlife. That's what he'd do. I know he would. I know he would. I know he would. And uh, to get us out of here today, I'm going to play a song that I know he loved. Um, I kind of turned him on to like this mid-70s funk groove soul thing long time ago. And uh, we used to have James Brown Day in the uh, when we were working at MCI. In, uh, you know, for our section of people, you know, I ran one of the bays and he was like, he ran a, like five bays all together. And uh, we'd have James Brown. You, got to, uh, you can never say a complete sentence. That was the key. Nothing is ever a complete sentence. You know, a lot of grunting, though, a lot of grunting. And uh, Alan was my friend. And, um, you know, I don't know if anybody else is going to miss him. But I'm I'm definitely going to miss him. And I know that he would love this song. And he is loving this song. I know he is. I know he is. I know he's loving it. I'm going to get you out of here with the full version. We're not, you know why? Because more groove is good groove, baby. What? What? I'm sorry. Was that too much groove? I don't even know what that means. Hey. Mean? That's, I don't get it. I don't, what? Too much. I'm sorry. That was too much groove. What? What? Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Right. There's no such thing. Okay, which is why the full version of Papa Don't Take No Mess, all 14 minutes, 14 minutes and something. It's an entire yeah. album side from the album Hell. Okay, it's, it's side uh, three of, album, of the, the double album Hell. Okay, 14 minutes, but it's James Brown, Papa Don't Take No Mess. Okay, and Alan, I'm going to be playing, this one's for you, my friends, man. I know you're good and I, I miss you already, man. We're going to come back in two weeks, man. We're going to get the hang of this shit, right? Yeah. We're gonna Better get, every know, week, right. Every time, man. And you know what? Here's the other thing. Mangoes for medics. Just put that on your radar screen, uh-huh. right? As always, though, for myself and Los Georges and all you medics out there, man, stay healthy, stay safe. It is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.